I'm very um, happy to be actually talking about uh, Daniel, to be honest. Um, that is the person whom I was named after for a number of reasons. Um, and as we've been looking at Daniel in the past few weeks, um, we've sort of got a better picture of uh, both Daniel uh, as a person and then also the context in which this time in history uh, was set. Um, for those who haven't been here the last few weeks or just need a better general idea, um, we're talking about a time period about uh, 500, 600 uh, years BC. Um, this was the stretch of the Babylonian Empire at its height, um, ranging from modern-day Turkey, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, around Iran. Um, Babylonia was the top dog at the time. Um, they were the rulers of the known world, essentially. Uh, if they wanted to conquer something, they would conquer it. And they were led by a man by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, one particular aspect of both Daniel as well as just chapter 3, which is what we're specifically looking at tonight, is a pretty interesting dichotomy between the responses of Nebuchadnezzar to God and then of Daniel and the three to God. Three being Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, which were Babylonian names over three friends of Daniel and also uh, provincial uh, leaders within Babylon. Um, and as we go through the text, I just want you to try and keep them in the back of your mind how Nebuchadnezzar responds to revelation from God as well as just uh, God in general, and then how those four people respond to God. Um, jumping straight into verse 1. Um, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold. First sentence, we always have something we can pick up on. Last week we were talking about uh, Daniel's revelation to Nebuchadnezzar of the statue. And if you've ever had an image of uh, a golden head, down to silver, down to uh, brass, and so on and so on. Now, the revelation in that dream was the fact that Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom would not reign forever. That's why you had the different elements of the statue representing the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, and so on. Um, but already in this first verse, you see Nebuchadnezzar made, makes an image completely out of gold. First sentence, we have a blatant defiance to God. He wants his empire, his kingdom to reign forever. As opposed to the revelation that Daniel gave him. Correct? 60 cubits high and 60 cubits wide, and set it upon the plains of Jurid in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial leaders to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. The entire Babylonian Empire had come to worship this statue of Nebuchadnezzar. Jumping to verse 4, then he had heralded, so then uh, one of his astrologers uh, held loud and proclaimed, nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, wire, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing fire. Pretty clear command. Worship or die. You'll see why that's not important. Verse 12, we find out that three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
in an act of defiance to Nebuchadnezzar, did not bow down to worship. Now, in the text, it's not quite clear whether they were together or whether they were standing apart. We're talking about potentially tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who gathered to worship this image. Now, those three were followers of Yahweh. And I just want you to try and picture in your mind, standing there before a golden image, with the command, worship this or die. And the decision that needs to be made here, do I put my allegiance to Nebuchadnezzar? Or am I going to, in spite of consequences, put my allegiance to God? Can you just go through the mental process of how hard that decision would be? Such a decision, I can't, I can't personally, I can barely personally imagine how hard it would be. To basically say, in this stance that I'm going to take, I'm signing my death wish. That's a pretty bold statement, right? Pretty bold statement. One of his astrologers came up to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, There are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the prophets of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of the God you have set up. Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to King Nebuchadnezzar and asked, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve will be able to deliver us. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. This part right now is very important. But if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of God who have set up them. So when given a chance to redeem themselves, their decision is what? talk about being uncreated. It's just staggering the mental process of looking the king of the known world in the face and saying, you're not my God. Yahweh. I will not bow down and worship you. I will bow down and worship my creator. I cannot think of a profound statement of strength, faithfulness, and allegiance than that. There are consequences, so never um, Then we see that also, I'll jump here, um, but we see that Nebuchadnezzar heats up the furnace to seven times the necessary heat out of pure rage. Now a very interesting part here is that he gets the strongest soldiers of his army to carry the three to the furnace. But what happens when that, when that occurs is that those strongest, most boldest, proud soldiers of the Babylonian Empire die in trying to throw their guys into the furnace. A really quick summation of that. No matter how strong one might think they are, Without God, they are never going to be able to sustain the life. 
there's one man and one man who wanted to help you. And we're going to see you then. They were tired and bound, thrown for fire. And then, following that, King Nebuchadnezzar led to his feet in amazement and asked his disciples, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw in the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see. I mean, four. Four. Walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of God. Son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out from here. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't really have much excuse for not acknowledging that God is God, am I right? We've seen in, very, we've seen in previous weeks. His response to the revelation was what? Praise to God. No Babylonian, that's for sure. To the Most High God. And again, that's his response. He has no option through revelation but to praise the Most High God. Then, then, then King Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. Where have we heard that before? Last week, the decree given by the king to his astrologers, to his quote-unquote wise men, were, if you do not reveal to me, I will, what, cut you into pieces and turn your houses into a pile of rubber. Very cute orange, I thought. For no other god can save in this way. Amen. There is, when looking at a book like this, a very great wealth of things that we can extrapolate from the text as follows. But one of the most important things is the actions of Shadrach, Meshach, and Benjamin III. We're talking about being young and courageous in this series, and you know, I can't think of a better way to be young and stronger than professing faith in God in every single thing We all have a fiery furnace. We also all have an image of God at one point. Right? And you can see here that they did not worry about nor did they bow down to him. In terms of how that can apply to us, well, in order to be young and courageous, we have to not bow down to those things, those other things in life. Because really, to worship just means to what, you know, to show what you find ultimately worth.
worthy to be a decent definition. That's why everyone worships the sun. But we need to make a choice. What are we going to worship? Are we going to worship an image of gold? Are we going to worship Are we going to worship the most high God? This is not a decision we take lightly. More importantly, even when we feel tired and bound, like we were, know that when your fiery furnace comes up, you have someone who you can lean on to get you through the fire. We all have we all have the ability to, when we feel like the world is overwhelming us, feel like when we can't get over our trials and tribulations, that we have a God, we have a Savior that can take that. He can birth that. And we can stand strong, we can stand faithful, and we can stand up. Even though we might feel burdened, I couldn't have spoken it better than Jensen said it. Those who feel blue might be blue, and you might be blue. So many things that just really hit home and I've had personally uh, a variety of issues to deal with in my brief eight and nineteen years on this earth. And and I've, I've found very sometimes in a hard way for me that we have to stay strong and faithful to God. Because God knows literally that He has stayed strong and faithful to us. He didn't leave them in their time. And when we're down and we feel beaten, He will not leave us. He will stay strong and faith. And that's why we will stay strong and faith. A really good example of something that I've seen recently uh, in the world in the 21st century was actually uh, the Tuesday before last, where um, the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, publicly announced on the Korean News Network that uh, there were 33 men and women who were being tried and then found convicted for crimes against the state for being Christian and sentenced to death. But really, hit me hard about that was the fact that that was announced on, 11, on Tuesday our time 11 a.m. and the time given for the execution was 2 p.m. The reason why they've been tried and convicted for being Christians is because these 33 people in the face of stuff like this a man who finds himself God planted nearly 500 underground 
We have brothers and sisters all over the shop. Iraq, Iran, North Korea. We face the same consequences and decisions that these two have to make. There are people in the first century, believe it or not, who face, worship this, or die. Those 33 stood strong and come to the end. On the last day, they no longer live up. They were living in a regime state. Yet they had, they made the decision to stay strong and faithful in the face of the fire of burning, in the face of death. Now, remember, the three said, but even if he does not, we will not bow down to worship him. God brought those people home. But, even if, for them, they didn't, they were hoping God would sustain them, but, in their mind, even if he did not, they would not stop worshipping God. It's almost, you know, like looking at some of our younger guys here being your age, it's almost like in a country like Australia and especially in the field that they have to do now and it sort of makes you think well seeing that and seeing all the other things go on other places in the world, it's almost like we don't have much excuse to do. I know we all face trials. I've just been in high school in the first century. I know what it's like. I know there are things that to us in our lives seem very big, very daunting. And that's the same for everyone. Whether it be high school, workplace, ministry, we all have things that we find pretty daunting. But every single one of us has the ability through Christ to make the decision to be strong and faithful to God. Every. Not only in those incidental things, but also in our actions and our lives. Our lives need to be esteemed God. Our lives need to be done with courageous and strong and faithful. We've heard this morning about walking it out. We've heard this morning of great message revolving the ascension. And through Christ we can all stop the shock. Everyone. That's why I love your message. Just let it out. I said to that turn to break and I said, How long are you going to be? you are dead on death on Monday. We have a Savior who in whom we can stand strong. Amen. So, when you're in high school, when you're in our young teenage lives that might seem so super genetic, we need to realize when we're faced with a situation like not like they're necessarily, like we were necessarily faced with, but in a lesson, but in a situation where, you know, do I really go along with it, really, in this case with racist trade? Do I let 
really get pushed around until it gets too dark. You don't think we can stand up to God in that kind of situation? You don't think we can post our flag on God in that kind of situation? There is always a which we can stand up to God in the workplace, even though I've never been there before. I can probably guess, right? There are an abundance of situations in which we need to take a stand for God. And that we have the ability to go along with the crowd or say no. I'm a saint of Christ and things do other things. The really good verses are like mind of is John 6.33. I have said these things to you. This is Christ That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You will have hard times. We're never told as Christians, Hi, welcome to the club. Here's your free pass to a really easy comfy life. We all have very different increasingly so as we head to the future. But, but, take heart, I have overcome the world. Christ has overcome the world. One in Christ is the majority. One in Christ is We can overcome tribulation. We may have peace. If you're feeling down, burdened, you're feeling weird, know that you have someone who you can call upon. Confide and have the ability to stand. the most important message, the most reassuring thing that I could possibly That should be music to all of our ears. Such a message. Such a comfort. That we know that we can stand strong in the face of any death. stand strong in the face of death, we belong to someone who overcame death. That's never going to change. That will remain the same yesterday. Stay strong. Stay faithful to God. 
Thank you. 